you know that more than the second coming, more than uh, the structure of the church, more than the qualifications of certain offices, the Lord spoke about money in the New Testament as his, one of his number one topics. And so that's going to be our topic today on Life Talks. My name is Dan, and I'm with Ben. Today, uh, we have a special guest with us, Mike Seffrin, who is one of the shepherding elders for our church life fellowship just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Mike has been um, not just an elder in the church, but he has also uh, been in business for years. He was an executive for Lowe's for many years and also uh, with Family Dollar. More recently, he is with Founders sports group. Um, but, you know, is in addition to his business acumen, which is why we have him here today, uh, Mike is, is just one of those kind of guys that you just want to listen to. He gives wise, godly counsel. He comes from a biblical worldview. He has a lot of experience in a lot of areas. He works with our young couples in our church, uh, and he provides a lot of counsel to our church at large, but also to Ben and I. So we ask him to come today to be a part of our conversation. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning, guys. <laughs> I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're going to talk about money. One of one of our favorite topics and least favorite topics, because something about money makes us feel awkward, doesn't it, Ben? Well, I think one of the things that um, what whenever certain people bring up money, it brings up certain you know ideas or caricatures of okay, what do you really want? And I think one of the things that we want to do, we want to strike that balance here at Life Fellowship of you know we we never want to come across as salesmen, um, but we also want to want to make sure that people understand that there is a that how we handle our money is important to God, um, that that God has created us, that he understands that this is one of the greatest uh, barriers to us following him because, you know, like you said, Jesus talked about the rich men and eye of the needle, camels going through the eyes of a needle. And so there's these issues of God's aware that money can be one of the greatest barriers to us following him or one of the greatest blessings to advance the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And I think if we don't have that mindset, if we're not aware, if we're not proactive and intentional about the way we think about money and how we handle money, I think it's going to, um, you know, be a, a great barrier to our spiritual growth. Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> a lot of times when we're talking about money in a spiritual context, we get nervous about it, you and I particularly, because yeah. as pastors, we don't want the reputation, you know, that it's almost a caricature. It's 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 the TBN. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like the constant... I just watched the Hillsong series last oh, night. No. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I'm, I had a dream about it. It was so <laughs> gruesome. Yeah. But, but we, yeah, m- money's an awkward subject on a personal level, but, but but it's just a tool. It isn't something that we should be, you know, placing on this special podium in our life and re- revolving around it. But it is an important tool, is it not? Yeah, I think so. And and I'd love to hear you guys, Mike and and Dan, your perspective on this because I was thinking about this 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 morning as we're getting ready to get to to, to this, these episodes. Um, there is, I I think sometimes there is a reaction to things. So that we don't talk about money, like the TBN, mm-hmm. you know, prosperity gospel preachers who are out there who are asking people to give, you know, sow a seed and receive a blessing, uh, which they just want money for their private jets. But I that wasn't cynical. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I think back to my education when I went to Bible college and seminary. Um, of the six, seven years that I went to school throughout that process, I never received one day of instruction, not one class, not one, you know, three credit hour. We never talked about church finances Mm. at all. Mm. 
about 90% of my my education was theology, Bible, and communication. That was it, yeah. right? And those are all wonderful things. But I think about that, and I'm, 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 you and I, we all know sitting in this room how important it is that that the leadership of a church knows how to manage God's money well. And we're talking about corporately. And I'm just, I mean, does that shock you guys? What are your thoughts on that? that? <laughs> well, it's an interesting juxtaposition against yeah. the corporate world where it's all about the money. <laughs> Literally, we probably spend most of our time trying to stop talking about money and talk about, you know, the customer yeah, and people. leadership and people and those kind of things and force ourselves to do that. Yeah. But. Yeah, you're right. I, Dan, what, what are your thoughts on it? Because I know you, you know, you were trained ed- through education, and then right. you know you were a principal, and then b- became a pastor. Well, ironically, and you know, sometimes the Lord knows what we're going to be doing before we. Do. I actually took a course on church finance as an undergraduate elective, which really? I don't even know why I did it. It was at your and, at your yeah, university. The teacher, yeah, the, I took English because the teacher was really good looking, but. <laughs> <laughs> the one who taught church finance, she was like 90 years old, but she was really good. And it has impacted me to this day. Wow. But I agree with you. Many of us are ill-prepared to handle money. No. We don't do a good job of doing this as parents as well, yeah. helping our kids. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. might get us started, if you would, on just, you, you know, where do we begin as believers dealing with money? I'll tell you, I, I think, and this has been a personal journey for me, mm. uh, the Lord has done a, um, a significant work in me over the last, you know, n- now it, now it's decades. Mm. I, that's one thing, by the way, that's really challenging when getting old, <laughs> so you start counting in decades yes. instead of years. Um, you know, but I started out very much with the perspective of the flesh. This mm. is my money. Mm. I created this mm. money through the things that I'm doing yeah. and opportunities that I created versus thinking about, I- I'm just a shepherd, that this is God's money. Mm. He gave me these talents, these gifts, these abilities, opportunities, and now I've got an opportunity to participate in his kingdom, his plan, his work, and the the money that's getting created is is an opportunity. Yeah, I uh, I think that that is the idea of stewardship is so important, and and most of our conversation today is not necessarily on personal finance. I mean, we're going to record a couple episodes on life fellowship, how we handle finances, because I think it's important for our people to understand how we handle uh, their gifts, tithes, and offerings, because I think that's you. We want. We don't want to be the, uh, the the TBN church that just is about collecting money and for for nefarious reasons. We want to make sure that people understand that there is a philosophy and there are practices that are biblical. Um, and so, Mike, I, I'm curious because how many years have you have you been here at Life? So we started at Life in 2005. Okay, so about a year after Ish. it started. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so you've been here from almost the very beginning. How have you seen just the philosophy of finances, stewardship develop here from the very beginning at life to where we are now? I'm just curious about the story of how it developed. Yeah, I would say it's been pretty consistent Mm. since the beginning in terms of just a very conservative approach to the way we approach Mm. stewardship, again, of of God's money. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it's... um, that's not always the lens of, oh, we're going to hold on to that money, right? It's also right, the lens right. of he wants us to let go of that money That's right. yeah. <laughs> and invest that money at the same time. So, um, yeah, I've had the 
you know, honor and blessing to be this kind of lay person mm. oversight role. And Dan, I don't know if we're going to talk about, you know, some of the roles involved in, uh, in this, but this lay person oversight role since probably 2008, mm -hmm. maybe. Wow. <clears throat> um, yeah. And, and just for those listening from, from, you know, the audience perspective who go to, to life fellowship, uh, I, I mean, I'm accountable to you, and I I'm internally am accountable as a, as an employee to manage, you know, the daily financials and so forth. Because you have a, a job outside of the church, uh, even though it may not seem like it. Sometimes your job here may seem like it takes more time. But and and I, th I think the accountability aspect that you bring to the church is a very very important. Mm. Not only simply because you want someone kind of looking over your shoulder to help keep you honest and the policies kept, but also you bring the perspective of the broader financial experience that you've had mm -hmm. to the church as well. That's not mm -hmm. a threat. That's a blessing. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and I think it's, uh, you know, how God works in the body, right? Mm -hmm. Is bringing us together mm -hmm. with our, with our gifts. And, you know, some people can play the guitar or sing. <laughs> I can't, I can't do either of those, uh, but I can remember my phone number from, uh, you know, my first house, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I can make a spreadsheet sing. So that's uh, that's been an opportunity, and that's actually uh, you know I've told my life group we we, we were doing a um, a book on um, you know how to how to find your spot in the kingdom mm. serving. Yeah. And this was an example where you know I've been busy with my career, particularly early on, and I didn't have an opportunity to do certain things from a service standpoint. But mm. this was something that I could do in the evenings on the weekends. And it was an area of gifting, right? It was easy for me, hard for others. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, And uh, so it was an opportunity to plug in. Well, you know, when we talk about money, we know that different people have different approaches to it. I've always said there's basically four categories of pe how people handle money. There are wasters, there are spenders, there are investors, and there are hoarders. Um, and, and how you view what you're supposed to do with your money really controls Are you going to self-identify on that thing? <laughs> well, you know, one of the great things is I tend to be a hoarder. I, I do on, in terms of I always got these little piles I like scroll mm. up. And even in, internally at life, it'll, I think people ought to know this, that if an account gets too much money that I hoarded away for a rainy day, Mike says, no, 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 no. That's not what we do. <laughs> We invested in the kingdom. Lower those balances. Yeah. And and it makes me a nervous wreck when he does that. But that tension, I think, is really yeah. good. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's part of I, I believe what you just said. This this issue of know where God has blessed you and gifted you, and then use it for the kingdom's sake. Use it for the good of the local church. But you operate by biblical principles. So why don't you share some of those biblical principles mm. that you apply to money in general and, and in your roles as a father, as a businessman? and as a, a church elder. Yeah, we talked a little bit about kind of that foundation of thinking about money as mm. God's money, right? I think that mm. that sets it, you know, just sets the perspective mm. for, you know, how you're approaching it. Um, you know, but first of all, just the concept of, you know, budgeting, right? Yeah. That, you know, hopefully people understand that we don't just... Uh, you know, kind of do whatever we want. We have, a, we have a dartboard and we just throw it against the wall and be like, that's, that looks like a good number. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have a, we have an annual budget yeah. and, you know, and a lot of people budget personally, some don't, mm. um, you know, some just kind of go paycheck to paycheck and mm. do their thing. And, um, you know, and, and our goal isn't to overdo that, but it's, uh, it's having a framework for knowing how much money is projected to come in yeah. and as a result, how much money we have to work with. Mm. Uh, because we don't uh, deficit spend, we're uh, we're mm. not the 
uh, government of the United States where we can print, <laughs> print our own money, right? Um, and, 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 you know, just saying that, though, Mike, I'm shocked at how many churches don't do not do that. How many churches, yeah. you know, don't operate with some kind of budget and standard that says, we're not going to spend more than what we're bringing in. Like, that yeah. to me it sounds so simple, but yeah, I think it is, there's so many times you will hear about ministries and churches that are like, oh, they're X amount of dollars in debt. You're like, how did you, how did this happen? You know, and it's just something that I I believe you can't take for granted that we believe that a, a, a principle of not spending what you do not have is is important to have yeah. in a church. And honestly, I think the best principle you can have in your personal finances yeah, as absolutely. well is just know how much you make. And, you know, with taxes and things that can get complicated, right? Yeah, yeah. Know how much you make and spend less than that. Yeah. And, and you're probably going to be in good shape. One of the things I wanted you to touch on is the principle of the tithe. It's interesting to me how controversial this is, even among Christians. Hmm. Um, if you know, if you want to start a flame war on Twitter or social media in a in a pastor's group or in a, a Christian group, bring up the tithe and watch people crawl out of the shadows to give their opinions on on that. And many people don't believe in the tithe today. Talk to us a little bit about about the principle of the tithe, Mike, and and why you think it's important. Hmm. You know, I I think it's a classic example of as Christians, what are we called to do, mm. right? And and not that we're commanded, and and in this case, you know, you guys can speak better in terms of you know those those commands, but um, I think about it as something that I want to do, mm. right? And mm. if and if I am not compelled to invest. Right, we're talking about spending versus investing. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I am not, you know, just wanting to invest in God's work, then there's there's a heart issue there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's something. There's a there's a heart check in terms of my faith, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you said earlier on is when you when you realize that none of it is our money; it's always God's money. It makes it easier to give, and the tithe makes a lot more mm-hmm. sense as well. It's not that we have to give ten percent to God; is that God allows us to keep ninety percent. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, on on top of the fact is, and you know, one of the arguments has been, and I know you've heard this a lot, is that we're in the New Testament, we're not under the tithe because we're no longer under the mm-hmm. law, which is all true. Right. But show me something under the grace where the standard was lower than it was under the law. You know, in the Old Testament, right. it was uh, uh, don't kill somebody. In the New Testament, it's don't hate somebody. In the Old Testament, right. don't commit adultery. Right. In the New Testament, it's don't look after a woman with lust in your heart. Right. In the Old Testament, tithe ten percent. In the New Testament, it is it's all God's. Give if you have the ability to give, give. Uh, to me, it's a starting point. Yeah, yeah I, I think there's this principle that we can see throughout Scripture that there is a um, giving giving the first fruits and what is best to God, back to God, as opposed to, um, I'm going to keep the best for myself. I mean, we see this from the very beginning. This, the second story in the Bible after you know creation and Adam and Eve is the story of Cain and Abel. And what do we have there? We have an illustration of someone who doesn't give what is best. He gives the leftovers. And and from that very beginning, we see a God that says, no, I care about what you give me. I should say this. He cares about what we give to him, but because it's a reflection of the heart. It's a reflection of, this is what I think about you, God. And so, yeah, we can talk about standards of 10% or you know whatever, but what it comes down to is, do what do we think about God and how does that impact our willingness and desire to say, God, because of who you are, I want to give you the first and best of what you've given to me. 
That to me is what God really cares about. And so the tithe represents this standard of first fruits. And to me, I believe it's not an end point. I think it's a starting point for Christians. I think because I th- I do believe that there's a um, it is an act of faith to do that. It's an act of faith to believe that we can do more with ninety percent than we can with a hundred percent. You know, but I think all of us could testify um, that we have seen God do more with with less than if we had kept it all for ourselves. I, I believe we could all testify to that. Absolutely. Mike, I know one of your principles is that there has to be a faith component mm. in when we look at money. Otherwise, we we do go to my excess, which is to hoard it so that it is there, and we become reliant upon our hoard rather than upon what God's going to do. How do we balance that? Mm. And, and how does that apply to the church setting, stepping out in faith? What are some examples that you've put into place here at Life Fellowship, mm-hmm. um, but also on a personal level, what does that look like? And by the way, Dan, I, I will have to self-proclaim, I'm I'm more of a hoarder. Are you, are you really? <laughs> so, so you hoard your you money, there. but you make me spend my, my, oh, I see how this works now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, well, I'm a reformed hoarder. Let me say that. I, uh, I've done a oh, much better job. That is called job. rationalization, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, and interestingly, that gets at the heart of, I think, the work that the Lord has done in my heart mm-hmm. is, you know, I, so I didn't grow up as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, I was saved at 29. Mm. So there were a lot of, um, you know, behaviors or, you know, kind of things that were uh, innate in me and how I approached the the world at that at that time that needed to be changed. Yeah. You know, not, God needed to change that perspective. And, you know, what what he changed in me was an understanding that it wasn't spending, like you said, it wasn't an expense, it, it was an investment. Mm. I mean, something as simple as we're recording this podcast, right, mm. on some equipment that someone gave money to. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they made a specific investment in this case right. mm-hmm. to help this ministry. Uh, and they're influencing a lot of, uh, a lot of lives. Um, so, you know, this concept of stewardship and stepping out in faith, I think is important. Yeah. As you said, personally, and, you know, in the, in the context of our church finances, because, you know, it's like, let's have a framework of discipline of structure that makes, makes things kind of make sense. Like mm-hmm. we said, you, we, we don't want to like be ditch to ditch in terms of how right. we approach things. So let's start there that, you know, we, we have a rough idea of what our, you know, tithe base looks like. You know, we, uh, we have a lot of numbers that we look at year to year, et cetera. But we also know, we believe, we are in constant prayer for God you know, making his plan and his will happen in this world. Yeah. Mm. And and so hopeful that we can be part of that in yeah. some way. Yeah. And the last thing we want to do is have, you know, budgeting <laughs> somehow stop that. And obviously, you know, God's not going to let anything get in the way of right. what, what he's trying to execute. Mm. But we want to be... Um, you know, open hands and open hearts to that mm. uh, in terms of, you know, where things are going. And if you think about, you know, the, one of the challenges of, you know, church finances, um, you know, unlike a business is that like, we're not, we're not opening up or, you know, developing new products and mm-hmm. raising right. prices right. and right. all the kind yeah. of mechanisms or whatever. We're seeing what God does in terms of the body and what, you know, what the giving uh, comes where, 
you know, we have so many opportunities with different ministries that we want to launch or, you know, back when we built this building, you know, that was a, a bridge too far in terms of what we could, you know, afford at right, the time. Right. Uh, and for example, one of the ways we approached that is we actually did a raise to buy the land first and we paid off the land mm. before we started building the building, mm. yeah, yeah. which took longer, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. that added probably two years yeah. to our overall cycle, but we felt like that was stepping out in faith to start this journey. That was a lot of money for the church mm-hmm. at the time. What, Dana, was like a million and a half maybe? Uh, yeah, to get the property. Eight, I think it was one yeah, eight, yeah. maybe more. Um, and so that was a significant, you know, investment to try to pull that off. But mm. we said, you know, at the same time, we need to, let's be, you know, reasonable in terms of not do that and get the loan for the building and start building. And then, you yes. know, it's another 10 million or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, and there, there, that balance issue is, is always a, a difficult one because at some point you're presuming upon the future, presuming upon the Lord, but you're not tied down to the hoarder. You're not tied mm-hmm. down to the, I'm not going to need to lean into God. You know, a lot of times people avoid tithing because they say, I can't afford to tithe. Um, or, or, you know, at the same time, they'll go into debt to, to buy a house, <laughs> you know, that they know they're going to have a monthly payment on for, for 30 years. What are some things that in, biblically that we ought to, how, how do we approach that? You, you know, in terms of, um, when do we step out in faith and when, when do we take risks and when do we wait? Do you, do you have, a, you know, some insight in a, on how we approach that? Wow. That's uh, that is such a good question, Dan. Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is is shepherding all that in prayer. Mm-hmm. You know that um, you know really seeking mm-hmm. you know the the spirit's input on you know where that step out in faith is going to occur because mm-hmm. we're we're naturally going to you know be able to solve the the you know the conservative part of it, right? Okay, mm-hmm. here's the budget. I know how much money I mm-hmm. make. That kind of thing. We need the Spirit's help to help us understand, yeah, this is the thing I need to invest in. I, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm real, I need to find a way to yeah. do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and to a certain degree, and I know this has been true in, in my world, is that tractor beam of the, uh, of the conservative nature, the hoarder, mm-hmm. <laughs> is always there. So it's more of the Spirit and me getting much more sensitive to say, no, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm really feeling a specific calling. I need to step out. Yeah, I I know we're almost out of time. I I had to share. I want to share this quick story though because I I remember living this out in my previous church when we felt the call of God to plant a church, and we were you know we weren't that big, 150 people, and um, we sensed God leading us to plant this church, and we gave away six of our core families. Two of them were elders, and about 25 percent of our of our people who gave, like people that were leaving equated 25% of our budget. It was that was a significant sacrifice and I remember some of our financial people saying do you know what you're doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's this idea of of yes, this planting this church is great, but what what are you really doing? And I'll I'll never forget the Sunday we had this great send-off Sunday, the next Sunday we had more people than we did last Sunday and our giving never dipped. I mean it was just one of those things that God was faithful to that to that sacrifice to that stepping out on faith that we knew that we're investing in another church to, to take the gospel to another city and God multiplied what he was able to do. And I think that's just me living through that gives me that sense. And and if you don't take those steps of faith, you have no 
framework. Of, this is all theory to us. Mm, yeah. But there are those moments, whether it's personally and corporately, that we do this and we sh- we see God show up in amazing ways. And I yeah. think that's what we need to remember. Yeah, well, and a, and a good example, right? You were you're stepping out in faith towards God's work, right? Yeah. It wasn't. I, yeah. I really feel like God wants me to have this Ferrari, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I right. just feel called. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Um, for you know, just sharing a little bit of that and your spiritual journey with us. Um, and we're going to come back again in another episode, and I hope you'll tune in uh, the, the next episode we drop, because we're going to go from the theoretical, the philosophical, the biblical, and we're going to start talking about details. Uh, not only what we do here at Life Fellowship, but if you go to another church, you live in another city or state, you know what are the kind of things that you should expect the leadership of the church to be doing as it relates to managing the finance of, of the finances of the church? You know, many times people criticize the church, well, it acts like a business. Well, it is a business. Uh, the business aspect isn't the primary thing, but God's business is the most important business in the universe. So we need to make sure that we're applying good principles to that, holding people accountable and doing it God's way. So that'll be our next episode on Life Talks. As always, thank you so much for listening to us. If you would, share us if you would on your social media feed and uh, and always tune in to us wherever you find your podcast. And until next time, thanks for joining us here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.